Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome back to you. <laughs> Wait, you threw me off my rhythm there, buddy. <laughs> I did. I did. I just wanted to throw something different back. in there. Welcome back <laughs> to the Punk Lie Die podcast. This is number 44. I say welcome back because Neil and I just got done talking to each other not, not very long ago. Yes. Uh, pulling double duty to provide maximum entertainment for you all as you sit in your houses and twiddle your thumbs. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we are number 44, last episode, number 43, obviously. I forgot to talk about our, all our stuff, so contact us, as usual, at punktillidie77 at gmail and Podcast on Facebook. And ask for stickers, because Tom loves sending those out. He yeah, loves I do. Going I love the sending out office. stickers. My favorite yeah. thing to do is buy stamps now. 55 cents a piece. Can you believe that? What is going on? Dude, someone but, has taken hand-delivering your letter all the way across the country for 55 that's cents. That's all right, dude. I got, I I got my freaking, I got my seven inches from Fort Wayne finally. It took like oh, you 28 did? days. Excellent. Yeah. That's good. Yes. Well, we'll to... talk about that. That's that's for another show. Yes, because sir. Because we shan't want to leave our guest waiting. Because <laughs> he's, we actually... he's digging it. He's loving every second. He is. He's like... No, I just want to hear Tom complain some more about how the, the mail moves <laughs> slow during a, a worldwide <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> Listen, the worst part of this worldwide pandemic is by far how it's personally inconveniencing me. Yes. Yes. I anyway, so that, vo- that voice you hear out there in the wilderness, that is Jeff Sangus. Is it Sangus or Sanguis? Sanguis. Sanguis. Who is the singer for one of my favorite? How dare you bands. say my fake name incorrectly? Well, I can't <laughs> say your real name. You know, you, listen. We need to really talk about your real name. Is what we need to talk about. Jeff Mucus is his real name. My real name is Evil Presley, and I'm from the Independence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, you, you know, you, they you, stayed you, at my house once, and they took a blanket and some books. That's what you let him know. I said that. That's so funny because he was talking about how they always try not to screw people over when they stay with them. I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll give him a stern lecture. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Funny. Go on. Yeah, go. I'm sorry. No, so I so anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted, I was trying to give you a decent introduction, which I once again screwed up. But that's all right. That was a polite, polite interruption. So I'm not myself, even going to but... say you're not going to say your real last name. I'm not going to say your fake last name. We have Jeff from Rebel Spies. Jeff number. There you go. No, there's two Jeffs from Jeff Rebel Spies, so you can't number... say that. So call him Jeff I know One or Jeff Two. Jeff a little better, which is not to say well, but a little better. So. Anyway. Uberti seems to. I saw earlier that Uberti claimed to be Jeff number one from yes. the band. I'll let him take that since he is two weeks older than me, so that makes him the oldest oh. member of Rebel Spies. And I'll take I'll take what I can get. Actually, it's funny. I might we might have to have said. him on at some point because he has become like the number one chronicler of like Detroit punk and hardcore stuff. Honestly, just, you know what? He has an encyclopedic knowledge of that stuff. He really truly loves music. Uh, there is not now I've met some record and music geeks in my time and they can get a little pretentious. They can definitely, you know, walk a fine line between grating on your nerves and impressing you with their knowledge. Are you listening uh, to this, Neil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is he talking about me? <laughs> is this what he's yeah. saying? Really? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> yes. I was and, just, uh, <laughs> is, he is a treat it is nothing but, nothing but pure love and passion for all music. And I mean, once in a while he'll let you know he doesn't like something. And usually he doesn't like something that just makes you go, well, do you have any taste at all? But uh, <laughs> at the same time, now Jeff really, truly, yeah, you should have him on and, and set aside a block of time, you know, or just do a, do a five or six episode program with him because it, he really knows his shit. And it's, just, it's, just it's great. Like- just play like cold as life and ugly but proud songs you know just all these like <laughs> obscure detroit hardcore bands no that would that would be amazing I, you know it's funny I, I one time i was in detroit for business 
Um, and I, so I went over to, uh, Flipside and it happened to be a Tuesday and he was there and yeah, we stood there BSing for what's, like an hour, like effortlessly, what's just flip, effortlessly. What's Flipside? It's, it's a record store in Clawson, which is like a Detroit suburb. Okay. Yeah. Clawson. And it's, it's a record store in that it's still an old school record store. Yeah, it smells it, like a record store. You go in there and you find, it's very old school. You know, it's not, they're not trying to, uh impress you with how they hand clean your vinyl and give you a sofa to sit on to listen to, you know, records. <laughs> they are, you're they're, You're going to go sorting through some milk crates and you're going to find some sweet shit. It's very old school and it's very cool. And the people that work there are like, like you very, very passionate about yeah. the music, you know, it's cool. It's a cool place. It's a little bit of a refuge. Um, and but but now I'm like now I'm like wondering I can't remember what I bought and I wonder how hard he judged me like I hope I didn't buy like a Huey Lewis record or something of course you did I you would... buy you buy those everywhere you go I mean well, Huey Lewis only has so many records Neil it's not like I'm always buying Huey you're buying Lewis the records. German pressing and stuff like that aren't you <laughs> yeah, the Japanese yeah. pressing you gotta understand something if you were buying a Huey Lewis record I had nothing but uh, uh, I'd be very impressed and every show <laughs> comes around to Huey Lewis what the fuck's going on here what kind of show <laughs> Huey is Lewis, this he has one of the best voices. Ever in the history of contemporary music. Are we going to get to this again? You know, we played harmonica for Thin Lizzy. You know that, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure he played harmonica, and a majority of his back, the backing band he was working with, played on Elvis Costello's first, first album. album. They did, indeed. Huh? Yeah, indeed, they did. And actually, a beer there. Did I hear a beer crack? It was. That was me. I'm afraid. Well, it was you, Neil. Okay, yeah. I was wondering if it was our guest because no. I'm. Are you cracking a pint? I am. And he mentioned of Elvis Costello, and I have to start drinking immediately. Well, it's funny because I'm actually I'm drinking two, and, and Neil would be kind of proud of me, but not because I'm drinking a gin and tonic, which is, you know, he's a proper Englishman, so it's just one of his favorite drinks. And I got a pretty decent brand of gin, but I got Fago Tonic. Oh, what? What? The, which, to the know, tonic makes listen, it, man. It's a, Michi it's a Michigan thing, man. It's, 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 I mean, if it ain't good, it's at least from Michigan. So, Jeff, are you a Detroiter? Like, I mean, <laughs> I you a Detroiter your whole life? You born and raised? Yeah. Yep. And I'm guessing by your last name, Polish? Ukrainian. Ukrainian. Half, okay. half Polak, half Ukrainian. So, uh, you know, I'm allowed to tell the jokes, I guess. There you go. He's, your your last name has 27 letters in it. Shut and the two fuck of them up. are vowels and the rest are Zs <laughs> and Ks and Ys. So, anyway, that's all right. I told I told you about when Naked Reagan played that secret gig, right? And they, they made out like they were a Ukrainian folk band or something, and they had their name in Ukrainian. I'd, actually, I don't know if it was a real translation of the band name, but anyway, it was funny. So, hmm. there you go. Well, this isn't funny. It's just very hard to pronounce. <laughs> okay. There's nothing funny, nothing funny about it, but I'm sure he's been getting his balls busted about that his whole life. So, we, we shall... No, we, never heard it. We shall move on. So, so Jeff sings for a band called Rebel Spies that are, are a modern band made up of kind of older guys who have been around the scene for a thousand years. Wow. You sang, well, combined, maybe a thousand. <laughs> I don't even know where take. to start, man. <laughs> and then, uh, but but you were you used to sing in a, a pretty popular Detroit band called Telegraph, like a third wave ska band. You also do a podcast. So you're sort of like... Uh, you're like Detroit's king of all media or something, right? Hey, you know what? If you want to call me that, I'll take it. Uh, but <laughs> nah, I'm still yeah. going to call, call you Jeff number two from Rebel Spies, but I will, uh, I'll give you that. <laughs> no. 
Where's the hang up button here? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're lucky I'm too old to figure out this this yeah, exactly. god darn thing here. Um, so so yeah, tell- no, I, I enjoy no, entertaining. It's fun. I got gotcha. you. How uh, so tell us about Telegraph, because I actually you know, I'm only about two and a half, three hours away from you, but I actually don't really know Telegraph. I don't did you guys play Grand Rapids when you were in your in your heyday? Yeah. You did. I just yes. missed it, I guess. All right. We, we are, as a matter of fact, we play one of our Grand Rapids shows, amusingly enough, we, uh, Dave from Mustard Plug dropped me yep. a line. He said, hey, we got asked to play this show at the intersection. And, and this is when the intersection was, before it was huge. It was like, you know, the, oh, the old one over on East, the old one East Town. Yep. Yep. Yeah, near, near like a subway. I remember there was a subway nearby. So no, it's not like a subway. That's like every block, man. Places, yeah, subway restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich yeah, shop. Well, it's and... in old, it's in a really old part of town. It had like brick, like you have to drive over like old brick cobblestone roads to get there. And the original one, I think, was in the early seventies. Yeah, it's moved downtown now. It's much bigger. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, so Dave calls us up and he says, "Hey, <clears throat> there's a show. We can't do it. It'd be a favor. Could you come out and play a show for this touring band? They need someone to headline." And I'm like, Dave, I mean, you know, we've played Grand Rapids and we played there with Mustard Plug, but I don't think we're a draw. And he's like, don't worry about it. Just, you know, can you do it? And I'm like, sure, sure, sure. So we go out to Grand Rapids and we get there and this, the, the touring band's there. And, uh, and I'm purposely not telling you the name. And we meet them. <laughs> They're nice guys. We're shooting the shit with them. Everyone goes to Subway to get sandwiches. This band sets up and then they get ready to perform. And there's pretty much nobody there. So I uh, I sit there and eat a Subway sandwich by myself. And I watch them play. Uh, they get off stage. I'm shooting the shit with them again. I said, so what's going on with you guys? How long are you on the road? They go, oh, well, you know, we've got a few more weeks. And then we're going to be going on this other tour. I'm like, that's awesome. Good way to go, guys. You know, acting like I'm an elder statesman in my mid-20s. Yeah. You know, a little pat on the shoulder. And they're like, yeah, we got, we got, we got signed, and we got a CD coming out. And I'm like, and everyone always had been, was quote unquote signed with a CD coming out. And I sure. pat him on the back again. Way to go, buddy! You guys will make it. You'll be fine. I'm thinking, all oh, these poor bastards. Fast <laughs> forward a couple of weeks, I'm working at St. Andrews back in Detroit, and which is uh, one of the great venues, especially yeah. especially yeah. the '90s. It was one of the bigger venues to be yep. at in Detroit. And uh, I'm there working, and I look, and there's posters on the wall for the band that I just played with. And I'm like, Hey, I know these guys. I know these guys. We just played with them a couple weeks ago in Grand Rapids, but I don't want the I, opening gig. Cause they don't draw. <laughs> and, well, and I'm like, I go, where are they playing? And they're like, they're playing the hall. I'm like, no. Oh shit. Why are they Upstairs. playing the hall? Mm-hmm. They should be playing in the shelters. I mean, nobody there. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's sold out. I go, what the fuck? No one knows who this incubus guys are. It was oh. incubus. We they opened up for Telegraph two weeks before they their single broke on the radio and they became huge. There was literally nobody there to see them. And then and you that's the way it should weeks, be. That's the way. And it no should one. Be. <laughs> and no one to this day. No one believed. Anytime I'd run to a Incubus fan, they're like, "You fucking liar!" I'm like, "All right, well, I don't know why I'd lie about Incubus. I hey, pick well, something. Hey, hey yeah, Tom, it's a little more it's, impressive. Tom, it's funny because yeah. Tom, couldn't you name a single single Incubus song? I feel like they covered a New Order song. Fucking hell. That was the best. <laughs> I'm, my well, point, my point was, nobody was knows a single ones, like Uncubus Blue song. Or one of the, it was one of the big ones. Terrible. Terrible. Triangle or something. Terrible. Terrible. Move on. Yeah, they are a terrible band. You know, it's it's funny Move because... On. I remember. Well, <laughs> it's funny because I, I always tell the story about how a good friend of mine worked for Booth Newspapers, which was the Grand Rapids Press and a bunch of... 
And his job was to review rock concerts. He was a young guy. We were both in our 20s, you know. And he, we got tickets to everything. And sometimes we'd get to sit in, like, the luxury booths. And I remember he had to review Incubus at the Van Andel Arena, which holds, like, 11,000 people. And we sat there and watched the hockey game in the booth. Yeah. Good <laughs> call. Well done. Well, they the... were nice enough guys. Well, it's fu- you know, the funny thing is, maybe if you would have kissed their ass a little instead of patronizing them, they might have remembered you when they made it big. But no. That might have been the closest you – that might have been your shot, you know? My my shot at a fortune and fame. I don't know, <laughs> or uh, totally being unappreciated and not liking where I'm at. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. They so were, they were for what they do. They were fine. Yeah, it was '90s radio music. You know, it was yeah, what it was. Sure, what, sure. what was the time frame on on Telegraph? Telegraph, uh, basically. Really playing and getting and people knowing who the hell we were. It was like '94. Through, I think we Jesus. wound down in the early 2000s. So we were we were around really about eight years, like so, 94 so through But definitely the same era as like when Suicide Machines were at their peak. And oh yeah, yeah. That's that same that same era. But you guys never got the big, never got the major label contract, or did you? No, we. You know, it was weird. We had these moments where we had we spoke to different. Labels came out and saw us play. Um, I mean, actually, we had one label. One label was getting ready to take it, bring us out to New York, and then we get the phone call. Hey, listen, guys, one of our bands and our label just broke big, and we got to put all our our resources and money into them and getting them back into a studio for a second record. That band that is band? Creed. Creed. Oh, Creed. Wow, you were like 15 feet from some of the worst bands in history. Jesus Christ. Yep, yep. So, Monsters. So that, that fell through. Did you do someone with Coldplay as well? Any, by any chance? Coldplay come through? <laughs> Snow Patrol? Any of those guys? Uh, a guy at MCA Records was all about us, and then he got fired, and MCA Records folded. It was these constant yeah. sniffing sniffing the, the, the you know the coffee, but not drinking it. and the, It never happened, but at the same time, it was kind of... It was a it was weird for us because we got to do so many things that almost looked like we were somebody, <laughs> but we were, you know, we were always just like the the band down the street. We never broke big, but we did a lot of uh, big things. If that makes sense. And uh, well, well and that's so- kind of what I was. I think I was saying is that you guys were were very popular in Detroit. You know what I mean? It's like I think you you, you kind of had that more of that cult status. You know, you never. I don't mean to insult you by saying that you never took it to that next level because that's not an insult. You guys had a great yeah. run, don't get me wrong. But it's, uh, I don't know. The fact. No, it's, <laughs> it's a complete we, insult. Well done. Yeah, well, I don't mean it as I don't mean it as an insult. Listen, and I don't take Neil. I you me. and I, you and I both played in bands. Trust me, he yes. was much more successful than we were. I mean, he played with Incubus for God's sake. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so let's let's play that. Let's play the uh, Telegraph song. And you want to introduce you want to introduce this song, Jeff? Uh, you know what? <laughs> the song I sent you. Oh, you uh, changed your mind. You're gonna call that. You can call. It's fine. You can call it. What do they call that? Call an audible. Fine. Yeah, call an audible. No, it's funny. Is our our last record? I'm very proud of our last record. It had some of the best songs we ever wrote. Some of our best musicianship on that record. Our rhythm section was what, what was that? Fantastic. What was that called? It was called Switch On. Switched but on. that wasn't, it was a very pop rock record. We set out to kind of test ourselves and see if we couldn't do something other than 
pop, rock, punk, ska. We're like, let's see if we can do something else. So we went for something, and amusingly enough, <laughs> in the you, succubus field, you, you brought up you brought up uh, yeah, you, you brought up Huey Lewis earlier. We jokingly said we wanted to be the Huey Lewis in the news for the 2000s. We're like, let's see if we can't have this horn section with a pop rock sound and record. And it was a real taxing thing to write. And it's probably the best thing we've ever done, but I don't want to play anything off of that because I just don't. <laughs> and uh, Amazing. the song I sent you guys was actually a song written with a, a lineup that included an old drummer and an old bassist and just a more... Uh, a fun song for us. It was an obscure song and it was kind of a, a thank you. It was a song it's called thanks. And it was a thank you to, uh, to everyone who supported us, despite the fact that, you know, we were constantly beaten down, but uh, we still had this uh, real great following in Detroit. And that's what you were just talking about. So that's what that song really is. It was just something like that. And like I said, Dave from mustard plug had put this record out on a seven inch that barely, anyone really ever heard so it might be a fun song for anyone who gives a shit about something i ever did they might want to hear this because they might not have heard heard it before so so this was but this was from your previous band wasn't it the scholars isn't that what that is scholars became telegraph right this yeah this actually was yes the scholar the, the scholars we switched we changed so our I've name done, we i've done out, my research tom did you see that yeah there you go yeah we put us we put out a split that's what dave put out he put out a split seven inch one side was to scholars and the other side was telegraph so and oh. this was the uh the last scholar song we wrote before we changed our name and tried to go in a different direction. Hmm. Ooh. So we have the scholars slash telegraph with thanks. Yeah. 
There it was. You heard it first. <laughs> I don't know about first, but I, 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 mean, I, I mean, you've looked it up, Neil. How much the does it new, go for? Is that go for big money now? It's the new Succubus, succubus single. <laughs> succubus. Um, <laughs> that goes for a big $9.29, oh, my friend. Bad. That's not yes. bad. Wow. I have a box in my basement that I've been sending to people for free. So You have it here? <laughs> Put it here first? Get Dude, it for I'm free. I'm sending you my address after this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I tell people all the time, just send me, you know, send me something I can, you know, the, the shipping costs. It's all I'm, I'm not about to pay someone's. Uh, we already heard about how bad the USPS is from Tom here, so you know. Yeah, we might, we might <laughs> yeah, get it this time get, next if year. You can't get 150 miles straight down freaking 96 to my house in less than three weeks. I don't know what I'll do. No, seriously though, I love my mailman. They do a good job, dude. I have hard. to, I have to ask, how many of you were there in Telegraph? There's like a thousand people in this big photograph. The uh, most of the time there was usually I'm trying to think here myself Matt on one two three it was like the four of us and usually two to three horn players so most usually seven people Ugh. but but we, when we added up all the people that had played in the band or it had shown up and played live with us to fill in for spots or anything we hit twenty seven people at one point over the uh, the time we were together. Mm. Well, so when you cool. So when you got like the hundred dollars to play or whatever, you were getting like ten. <laughs> you were getting like ten bucks <laughs> well, a piece. Then they all play it once, Neil. He's saying over the course of time. No, but they still had three horn players. Yeah, the horn players can't get a fair. And maybe just give those guys right? donuts I mean, or some way. shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they get they get everybody else's beer tickets, like for the steel <laughs> tap beer. You know, they're in the, band. The, the, Let's the, face it. The beers that the club paid you in, and now the club's on hard times, and they want your money. They want the musicians' money. <laughs> you, see, hey, you went on something though, and this is like something that I think all. I mean, actually, I don't even know how it is these days for kid bands. Yeah, but I don't either. Back back in the day, back in the 90s, it was like we'd play a show somewhere like the Falcon or, you know, like I said, you know, St. Andrews, whatnot. And yep. someone would, you know, someone might suggest to us, hey, you know, this is what we have to pay you. And I would quite often tell them, I, you know, what? I don't need I, we don't need two, three hundred dollars. And I'd point to another show on, on the bill. And I'd say, see this show right here? I oh, want to play this play show. Oh, yeah. And we would just say, I don't, we, we don't need money. We're kids. We want to play shows. And we kept getting bigger and better shows that way. And, and uh, it really, I mean, honestly, it worked out better for us in the long run. And that's how we ended up doing a lot of the stuff that we did because the more we played shows, the more we got the no promoters and, and we were cool like that. We just want to play shows. Well, especially I mean, when they knew you play for free and draw a crowd. Yeah. Every I mean, adventure promoters loved you. These idiots will play for free. It, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and ultimately, though, it, it turned this corner where it was like, okay, next thing you know, we could make a phone call and say, hey, St. Andrews, we, we want the, we want the, uh, the, the day after, we did this day after Christmas thing every year. And we, St. Andrews would be packed, and we'd make thousands of dollars on those nights. And it was just like because we wow. did it the, the right well, way. You were the promoter, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, we just got we were able to start calling our own shots at a certain point because mm -hmm. we had such a good rapport built with all the all the club owners and what. Yeah, it's so. funny because the only time we ever made money really playing was like if we rented a VFW, if we took the risk, you know, if we if we yeah. took the risk, we could make money. But yeah, I mean, so so you quit doing that in around early two thousands. You quit doing that. Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, all the, all the, every punk adjacent musician or hanger on in like all of Michigan is Facebook friends. So I actually like eavesdropped on a conversation between Uberti and one of our mutual Facebook friends where they said something like, yeah, we pretty much pulled Jeff out of retirement for Rebel Spies. 
So is that actually? I mean, did you not really do much between, like, when when uh, Telegraph quit playing and the Spies started playing? Were you were you working on music between in that time or no? No, nah, I uh, I yeah, pretty much had had enough. Um, there was a lot of attempts and a lot of better bands that happened after I quit. <laughs> there was a lot, it was a lot of bands I actually initially tr- like. Uh, where I was asked to do and I would show up for a few practices and I just couldn't, I, I just couldn't find the interest in music any longer. And, and, uh, so yeah, I just kind of tuned out and I didn't listen to music. I didn't go to shows. I didn't talk to anyone. You didn't even kinda, listen to music. No, I just got away from it all. I'd, I'd, uh, you know, we did uh, like, well, like we just mentioned, we did a lot in telegraph and we got, to so many different spots where we thought we were about to take a turn around a corner where we maybe we could make a living and not, you know, and, and continue doing something that we loved. Mm. And it really did break my heart when it all fell apart. It, you know, that's made a rhyme there. See, I'm a lyricist. But uh, it, <laughs> I don't it, think that's going to work with a Rebel Spy song, if we're being honest. <laughs> you but... <laughs> never know. But uh, no, I was, I got to admit, I, you know, I was, my heart was broken. I'd had enough. I didn't want to do it anymore because, I mean, being in a band, chewed up and spit out more or less yeah i'd had and so and and i was kind of i wasn't care i didn't care too much for the music i was hearing and i was mm. never really getting the opportunity to be in the band that i always wanted to be in that makes mm. any sense i was constantly sure. finding myself in bands i liked which band did you want to be in let's get to cut to the chase i always wanted to be in uh the dickies punk hardcore band not the dickies who no well, i why are you, uh, why, why are you dissing the dickies what's going on here you heard it here first. The, he hates the Dickies. He hates the Dickies. You heard it here first. It's true. <laughs> no, when I was a kid, I want you know, and I'm not I'm not one of those guys that sits there and tries to impress everybody by saying, "Well, I was really into this before the next guy. I was really into that before the next guy." For me, I just you know I fell in love with the Ramones and the Misfits when I was a kid, sure. and then I would go to see bands like the Feisty Cadavers and mm. SBLC. And Heresy, I would, and these are all local Detroit bands yep. that yep. just blew my mind. And I'm like, fuck, especially the Feisty Cadavers, the Feisty Cadavers, the Ramones. I'm like, I want this is the band I want to be in. And every time I'd go and try and, and I started playing drums first. And I played drums in a band that we did a lot of like Ramones covers and Jesus and Mary Jane and the Cult and shit like that. And um, that is a that is a pretty big difference right quite there. A variety of- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We, 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 da- we we dipped our toes in, the, in a few different uh, Damn, but uh, you did. We uh, I was I didn't like being stuck behind the kit. I wanted to get out front and you know be the guy with the mic in his hand. And every band, you know, this is the '80s, and everyone that had a band was doing metal and shit like that. And I kept finding myself in shitty metal bands and whatnot. And uh, I just never got an opportunity. Well, Jason Navarro and I had a band in the mid nineties called broken spoke that was, had a, 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 a glorious summer of insanity. And that was, that was an awesome punk hardcore band, but that burnt out fast. It was just like a fun side project. So I was never really getting the opportunity to do this thing. I always had in the back of my mind. I wanted to do, and it wasn't until you birdie came to me. Uh, I don't know. Another, another one of Navarro's leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you, you birdie, and i think well i met you birdie because uh on hellmouth's first demo i sang okay. on like three or four songs on that with them 
like that's... like back like doing backups or like yeah yeah okay and that's how I yeah, now I know um, that's on vinyl I know that's on vinyl now and it's the only thing by them I don't have I really need to get that you know, I think uh, this kid Brendan that put I think he saw his copies of that we'll have to track one down yeah they do you. as a matter of fact I think I saw them for like ten bucks online yeah um, but here's the thing with this quarantine man I've been ordering so many records I got to keep it to like where my wife doesn't really notice there you go <laughs> loving it. Which means I had to be the first one to the mailbox, and also I had to keep the charges like small, but constant. Note to self: so, order a whole anyway. bunch of porn to go to Tom's house in his letterbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I collect. I was cleaning I out my garage, dude. You'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. No, anyway, um, but no, I. So that's cool. I didn't. I did not know that. Huh. Interesting. Hold on. What do you collect? You were about to tell us you collect something oh, when I, the word I, porn I collect... was mentioned. Oh. Well, it's just I collect comic books. Ah. And. Quite often, I would uh, my co- I bring my comic books home and I'd have them in a, a brown paper bag in my car, and I didn't want my wife to know I was getting all these comic books. So sometimes I, <laughs> after she'd leave for work, I'd run out to my car and grab this brown That's paper bag out and run back in the house. Comic like, books, the neighbors are like, "There he goes with his pornography." And I'm like, "No, it's comic books." <laughs> That's like me with my records, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like I'm, I'm like telling the neighbors, no, it's cool. I'm masturbating. No, it's good. It's all good. It's not records. Okay. <laughs> so my long-winded answer to your question was, yes, you already pulled me out of retirement by saying to me, hey, do you want to? It was actually the, funny. It was almost the, the band you always that, wanted to do. It, it's like the same thing Navarro said to me to get me into Broken Spoke. We were at a show at St. Andrews in a crowded. He just walked up to me in the middle of this crowd. I'm like, oh, hey, Jay. He's like, hey. He goes, you want to be in a punk rock band? We just say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you all the time. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, be at practice next Tuesday. And it was pretty much the same thing. You barely came to me and said, hey, do you want to be in a punk hardcore band that does nothing but sound like it was from the 80s? I'm like, fuck yeah. And it was the, he finally offered me something that made me interested. And uh, it, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been fun because uh, plus we have no uh, expectations whatsoever. We just do it. So. Okay. Tell you what, let's play something by said band. Um, Should we play something for the first EP? Let's okay. let's let's play Fire One Ready. That's the one from the first. It was on the first EP and on the LP also. Okay, so Fire When Ready by Rebel Spies. <laughs>
There it so, was. You heard it. Fire when ready by Rebel Spies. Such a fast song. <laughs> it is. So what? You, how long have you been doing? You've been doing spies then, like more than five years now. Yeah, yeah. I I don't really know. I I want to say. I want to. I don't know. I want to. I think maybe five, six years. I really don't. I, I was. I ready. I was ready with my wife. Been with her for like nine years, so it probably I want to say early my early forties, forty three, forty four, so like six, seven years okay. now, six years, something like that. I don't know. Well, because your first, the, so the reason the reason I found you guys was I was friendly with the East Grand guys. Yeah, back in the day, who was this little label from Lansing, Neil? It's called East Grand Records, and they put out some really cool stuff. There was it was two brothers, and they uh, were nice guys, and they uh, and you know like a lot of people, they kind of hit forty or so and just sort of sort of faded away i don't think the, i think there might be some semblance of the label left but they don't run it anymore but uh yeah they heard the first ep which was called what before i die i will destroy the Re- i shall destroy the rebel spies something like that it was yes, long that is exactly it was it. Three, before it was i die a, i shall a, destroy the rebel spies That's it was it. a three song ep it was it's really good you'll love it dude it's a banger all three songs um so i heard that and i was pretty excited when you guys finally played grand rapids you played with break anchor and 88 fingers louis it was i don't know a few years ago now four years ago five years ago oh yeah was that you remember uh, that show pyramid scheme scheme, right it was a it was a it was i was so looking forward to it right but i had the worst conflict my buddy's wife 40th birthday like i can't get out of this i can't get out of this so So you took took her to the show well here's the thing i brought my wife which is pretty unusual but I we we went to have dinner at the Japanese place in Muskegon, forty five minutes, fifty minutes away. I'm sit there looking at my watch the whole time. My watch, I don't have a watch. I'm looking at my phone the whole time, right? Trying to get out of there because I wanted to see all three bands really bad. These Detroit bands get over here shockingly, sparingly. You'd be surprised how, how little they get over here. And uh, so we, you know, we had our Japanese. It was delicious. And I'm like dragging my wife out of there. I know she's irritated. She'd rather stay with the group of friends, you know, than go to some bar to watch a band. But I'm like, I got to see the spies. I got to see the spies. I run in. It's like, thank you. We've been the rebel spies. I'm like, ah. Oh. So anyway, that was the first time I saw you guys. Wow, that was a big. Well, you didn't see him then. Well, you know, I saw them. <laughs> got the t-shirt. That place got is the... great. I got the T-shirt. That, Pyramid Scheme is great. That's a great bar. You guys should come back there and play again if we ever have shows again. I oh, I do it in a second. That was a a great place. The sound was great there. Everyone yep. that worked there was awesome. Staff it's a, is great. It was, yep. I was so impressed. I'm like, and I was pissed. I'm like, this is what the fucking places in Detroit should be like. This place is great. But uh, yeah, I had a great time then. That was a fun show. And See, and knowing that you missed it, I just want to tell you that it was probably the, one of the best shows we've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny. It's funny how I ended up with your T-shirt. I went to buy a Break Anger T-shirt, and they didn't have any big enough for me. There you go. So because but you, you made the super X, big so ones. Like, All right, cool. Yep, I sold the shirt. Boy sizes. What's that? <laughs> we had husky boy sizes. <laughs> exactly. What about your plus size fans? Doesn't anybody think about their plus size fans anymore? Have, I mean, your average re- fan, your average fan has got to be a middle, essentially a middle aged man at this point. Come on, let's let's take that into consideration. We have hey, Rebel Spies shirts and 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 matching pants like granimals with like a little hippo on the back. And, Purple, yeah. purple elephant or purple, you know, orangutan, whatever the fuck. Anyways. Can I tell the story of the second time I saw you? Oh, boy. Go ahead. Yeah, sure. So the second time it was, no, this is, it's, it's kind of a funny story. I want to see, I want to see if Jeff remembers. If he doesn't, I won't, I, I won't have hurt feelings or anything. I won't go cry. But it was actually kind of funny. But it was at Smalls and they were playing, you guys were playing with Swinging Utters. Just a couple oh, of years yeah. ago. 
So we actually met real briefly, but that's all right. It, you, it doesn't matter. I was probably totally loaded. But you were on stage, and you turned around, and you said something like, uh-oh, I, my fly is down or something. So me okay. being <laughs> pretty close to the front and semi-hammered, I yell, that's a wardrobe malfunction none of us want to see. Oh, okay? okay? No big deal, right? But then you go on to tell the story about, like, taking your kid to Greenfield Village or something and coming out of the one of the things with your wang hanging out or something. you remember <laughs> You have yeah. any recollection of this? Well, I, I recall doing that at Greenfield Village. Okay. And well, I'm you sure, told this. And you I'm told sure the, story told the story from the stage at Smalls. I'm sure. I, if you haven't noticed yet, I do tell stories, and yeah, uh, that's right. and I repeat yeah, that. Yeah, so. yeah, I do recall. Actually, now you mention it, I do recall that uh, you heckled, and I felt <laughs> like, well, if you are going to heckle, I'm not going to play music. I'm going to tell you a story about my dick. Do you really think me not wanting to see your dick is heckling? I think that's just common sense. But anyway, no, it's all, it's all good. It was funny. We had our moment. We had our little moment there. It was just you and I. The lights were down or sort of like, like maybe not down. Maybe the lights were sort of like on the two of us only. Yeah, and everyone, everyone else in the room yeah. was gone. Exactly. Just me and you exactly. at that point. Exactly. Yep. It's just me and you and your story about your dick. I, if you know if I could have, I would have lit a Yankee candle and rubbed your shoulders and told you that story. <laughs> All right, you two, do you two want to take this private? Is this, so, is so, this okay, what's going so, on here? So you, how'd you hook up with the guys from East Grand? My my old pals from Lansing. That would be uh, Jeff Number One, who knows everybody. And oh, okay. Yes, he just yes, showed up one day and he said, "Hey, there's these great guys. Every, everyone you Bernie knows is a great guy. They got these. I know this great guy." Yeah, yeah, so if, I know so these great guys, great so, brothers. So if and... he tells you, if he tells you somebody's an asshole, they're really an asshole. Pretty much. There I you go. Pretty much. You know, between Uberti and uh, Uberti and Ryan V are probably two of the nicest cats on the planet. So I trust their opinion. If they ever so tell me that who is, someone... who, is, who is Ryan V? Ryan V plays drums and spies. He also plays okay. uh, drums in the Suicide Machines. Oh, okay. okay. Those okay. two guys, I are like some two of the sweetest men I've ever met. And if they tell me someone's an asshole, I pretty much run with it. You don't believe <laughs> because... it. All right. Fair enough. Hmm. And so what, I won't tell you what they told me about you. So. <laughs> Fair Neil, enough. nothing but good things they had to say about Neil. Wow. That's not true. Then they've obviously never met. They've I'm never met me then. Right now. <laughs> I was just about, to, I was just about to tell a story about when I saw a black flag in Manchester in 83. And, okay. um, <laughs> and Bla- no one out. no one knew black flag in england then nobody yeah. so we're in manchester a small club and for some reason it's like a shit ton of skinheads there shit ton and this is a small club like 200 people and uh nick heist who i guess were the um the roadies for black flag actually they opened yeah. up and they they yeah, went very good that. remember them there a lot of dirty songs and a lot of the girl punks were offended as hell and really? uh and black flag come on and henry's in his tiny shorts and his you know no no shoes his no Richard, fucking his richard simmons yep, yes. yeah doing his doing his thing for some reason all these skinheads get to the front and they're all yelling get your cock out I never <laughs> never wow that is super macho never understood that and uh so yeah a lot of people don't know this about henry rollins but his penis actually looks exactly like him he's actually a tiny <laughs> miniature version of henry rollins he's got the wolf's blood tattoo and everything <laughs> So that's, uh, that's anyway that was my uh that was my strange black yeah. flag story all right well let's see, so there this you is go. what happens sometimes we get on the penis rabbit hole <laughs> i uh, i actually before the pa- i'm pissed off because before the pandemic hit i had tickets to henry rollins's penis's spoken word show <laughs> and i was really looking forward to it <laughs> oh boy 
That might have been good. It can't be any yep. worse than the regular rounds if we're being <laughs> <laughs> at this point. That's funny. That would be good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Right. I was gonna, hey, I, I, I'd go to that show, but you know, I can't go now. There you go. Anyways. So we're Birdie's buddies from Lansing put out your first record. So, you so guys, that's that was it, and uh, yeah, and they. they so you uh, guys have actually had some kind of weird label issues lately. It seems like every every time you put out a record with a label, they pretty much fold up shops. Like, we well, are well yeah, done. The death knell. We are a curse. <laughs> Probably all those penis stories. Yeah, they they just sit there and go, these guys, you know, if we tried so hard and we couldn't even make these guys work, so let's just fold now, you know. <laughs> Well, because your your last record was on a, a really neat little a neat God, neat say neat okay a cool pop. little label out of Chicago actually you know called Underground Communique they put out some cool stuff I bought, I've got a bunch of their stuff actually but I and think Justin and we just spoke to Justin the other day and we had a nice conversation with them and Underground Communique is still like yeah they're, they're, they're yeah they're going but they ain't doing much he's 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 uh he's refocusing and. You know, like like anything, you put a lot of yourself into it, and being doing a label is a thankless, oh, thankless thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw shade on it by any stretch of imagination. Oh, yeah. So guys hit I, guys hit forty. They're usually like, you know what? I think I need to get out of this job. Didn't didn't they do some eradicator stuff? They did. Yeah. They did an yeah. eradicator thing. They did uh, a bank, the Galactic Cannibal, which was the guys from Direct Hit and Eradicator, which that's a fun record. Uh, they did that. He, he's done a bunch of stuff. It, it was, you know, he did Hellmouth stuff. Thanks, Chuck Baker. Uh, some break, some of those break anchor singles that I love. So, anyways, doesn't matter. So, yeah, he he did the uh, he did the full length for us, and yep, he uh, did the full length for you guys. He was very accommodating when we said we didn't want to have our band name or album title on the front, and he said okay, even though that was a stupid idea. Yeah, why is why, really cool. why is that? Why 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 would you do that? It just looked cool. Sabotage, <laughs> self sabotage. It's. So, I just wanted to have this stark image. I wanted to see this, the grain of the paper and the color separation from an old comic book, just blown up with this gnarly ass hand. And when we blew it up, it just looked so sweet. And I said, our name and the album title will be on a sticker on the cellophane or whatever it's wrapped in. And and, and that's and so like we still have our name and the t- album title on the front of the record, just is not on the. The artwork itself, and it just looked dope. What and, was it? Uh, what, what comic was it from? Honestly, I don't remember. Um, I made so you a did point, like the Danzig thing and just ripped it off. Just ripped it off. I made a point to find the most obscure. No, there's no <laughs> one that can sue us possibly. Uh, a comic book, and, and I pulled that from that, That's... and uh, it just worked out real well. There you go. And so... and yeah did the Danzig thing so I think I mean originally because like a year or two ago you were you were, you and I were having a little discussion these songs you've got a new EP coming out as a matter of fact it comes out by the time you by the time anybody hears this you will have a new EP out right and it's called Belfagor Bel- Presents Belfagor Presents which was one of a many many different it was actually supposed to come out on underground uh and i was was gonna say because it was gonna be a split right i mean i remember a a year or two ago you said you're doing a split we were doing a split with a band out of chicago called um oh shit mcwilson obviously still alive still alive i was gonna say obviously a band that means a lot to you and uh well i don't even think they're still alive and um but it did not happen and it was this kind of uh it almost Honestly, it almost killed this little band we had going here because 
well, we had all these plans for, okay, let's not play any more shows until we have another record in, in, mm. in our hands, something we can hand to the people. Uh, Ryan was very adamant. He really likes to have new stuff on, you know, out and, and people wanted vinyl, yada, yada. So we were like, let's just wait until we get this, this record done. And then we kept waiting and we kept waiting. We actually turned down some shows and next thing you know, it just, some things happened and the record wasn't going to come out any longer. It, it was some, I think the other band on the other end of it wasn't too into anything anymore. It was just a lot of things happened. And then Ryan broke his arm uh, in a bicycle, a bicycling uh, accident. And mm, gardening accident. Day, we, so we basically, uh, in a, we haven't done, hadn't done much of anything in so long that, it was almost like we didn't exist anymore. And then we finally said, screw this. We got some good songs here and we like playing together. Let's just, uh, let's get our shit together and get this out. And then the pandemic hit. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. that's the irony, right? Like we're ready now. Charge. Yeah. So we, yeah. we actually canceled our last show we had booked because it literally was in the, the maybe just a few days before yeah, the, middle like, of the, the state month. shut down. Yep. I remember I remember that very well. You were playing with Jane Navarro on the Traders, right? Yep. And we ended up uh both us and I believe the Traders also um dropped off the bill just because, you know, a lot of us are older with kids and we just didn't want to go out and potentially bring something home because it was, you know, it's, it's the whole thing's pretty pretty scary. So I, uh the reason I remember then, that I actually I actually got a last minute interview for a different Thing with Jay about the Suicide Machines record, and he's saying, "Yeah, we, you know, had to cancel the tour or cancel the show." And at the time, they were starting to cancel a bunch of shows. You know, he was starting to lose some big, big festivals and stuff. He's like, oh, "I'm gonna yeah. go skating." But yeah, I, I actually, yeah, so that's funny. I actually remember, not funny, haha. But uh, yeah, I remember that. So when you, uh, well, you know what? Is it time? Should we grab yes, let's play another song. Play a song off that EP that you just talked about. Why don't we do that? Yes, yes. let's yes. do that. So I'm anxious sh- to hear it. I have the files, but I haven't listened to it yet. I want to hear it. I'm in- I'm interested. What are we going to play, the- guys? What do you want to play from the new one? The first one you mentioned. Without a fight. Without, Without a, a fight. fight. Without a fight by Rebel Spies. Zing. Gore presents.
There it was. Your first listen. A worldwide premiere. Exactly. This is sort of, I mean, if, if it wasn't for the fact that it's going to take a few days to get this edited and out there, that would be a premiere, but it's not. <laughs> so that's all right. So, so, you, uh, so you took these songs eventually and you're like, okay, we got to get these out, right? So the, the, the question I had for you is, now you're doing it through Paper and Plastic, which is a cool little label down in Gainesville, one of Neil's oh, favorite cities. Oh, Gainesville! Yes. Yes, going out to Fest uh, and he, he went, hug he people. He went mingled with the young people at Fest, and he wasn't quite sure what to think about it, but that's right. Um, which yes. I, that, Another label that has a good Detroit connection, Break Anger did some stuff with them, uh, West Grand, you know, Hellmouth, a bunch of, bunch of Detroit connections. Um but the question yeah, I have really likes uh, Detroit bands. Yeah, who doesn't, man? Who doesn't? But the question I have is, at this day and age, what? So, what's the advantage of going with a label when you're doing only digital at this point? Is it just a promotional thing, or what? What's the What's the thinking behind this? I'm trying to get in your head, get in the head of a modern band, and how things work. We, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a, I guess, from a business point of view. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of like. We could digitally put this out ourselves, but having the backing of a credible label where someone might say, "Hey, I, I trust Paper and Plastic. I think I'll I think I'll listen to this EP." Oh, and, okay. Uh, I got you. Actually, you know what? Uh, hey, this is the this is what happens when you uh, interview an old punk rocker with a kid. I have to open the door here and see what my kid needs. Hang on. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> you and I will talk amongst ourselves. Oh no! Sounds sad. Oh no! Want me to tuck you in? Okay. Do what you got to do, man. Yeah, you go. Yeah, we'll we'll be here. We'll be here when you you get back. You guys tell some penis stories. We will. We're already in the middle of it. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be right back. Okay. Great stuff. The reason I uh, the reason I ask him that is because so they're doing the label and it's or they're doing the new EP is digital only for the time being, but they're going through a label. Okay. And you know we hear all these. We hear all these horror stories about people like signing away their rights to the label. I kind of assume they didn't do something like that, I guess. I'm looking at the sleeve and I can't figure out what it is. It looks like it's Satan sitting on the toilet. That's... I'm, I'm desperately <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck it is. Unless I think this that's is, what it is. Unless this is Jeff sitting on the toilet. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You've seen him. I haven't. You know. Maybe does he yeah. have a tail? <laughs> I don't know. And what's, who the hell's Belphegor anyway? Isn't that another word for Satan or something? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, I know, I just like the jams. Catchy jams, man. Catchy yeah. jams. Well, you know what this reminds me of? So, Rebel Spies. I mean, it's a good name, right? But it yep. reminds me too much. So, um, you know the band Wilco, right? I mean, everyone knows Wilco. Oh, the, like that country, country Old country shit, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, one of the guys that used to be on Wilco was a guy called Jay Bennett, who I um, knew down in Champaign. Okay. And um, when I first knew Jay, he was Name in a band. Dropping. He Name was dropping. in a he was in a band called Rebel Ducks. Wow, that's a horrible name for a And band. they just did, they were a band that played at parties and played Clash covers. Hmm. So when I when I hear Rebel Spies, immediately I think of Jay and I think of Rebel Ducks, who, uh, you know. They were, 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 they any, were they any good at playing Clash covers? You know, how good you have to be to play White Riot, you know what I mean? And you're loaded. Yeah, exactly. Every, I, everyone was loaded. Yeah, I mean, I think I got off with a couple of girls at the party they played or something, so it was all good, right? There you go. So it was good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I was that just telling. Really, that, I, that sounded really sad, man. It did. Well, you know, we, uh, <laughs> Neil's got a daughter who's an adult. I uh, I have two kids in college, and 
one and two in two in school still. But the funny thing is, we're all about the same age. So you obviously got into fatherhood a little later than a little some late. Of us did. Yeah, yeah. Better probably, late than never. Probably the right time for me, but I do lament the fact that being that you know, I mean, here I am turning fifty this year, and she just turned six. There's a part mm. of me that's you know, I think about shit like, uh, man, I probably won't see her fiftieth birthday. And that kind yeah. of you know, that kind of thing Gra- breaks grand, my heart. Grandfather, but... grandfatherhood is probably not going to be very long, you know, that long for as long for you as it might be for some other people. But it I is what it is. I thought about mate. that, Tom. Thanks. Sorry. <laughs> well, we all have, you know, it's it's one it's it's crazy because so I'm I was born in the early '70s, and like a lot of people born in the early '70s, I was a quick turnaround. Like my father and I are only 18 years apart. My grandfather and I are 38 years apart. My son and I, my oldest son and I are 26 years apart. So, like, if my grandfather lives to be 90, there's a pretty good chance we will have, like, five generations of men. Whoa. Possibly. It would be crazy, right? Yeah. 20 Dutch bastards. What the hell are you We're doing? over here on the west side of the state. Exactly. We got we to we, we breed quick, man, the west side. I guess so. Not, oh, not, like, those, not like those suburban or those, uh, you know, urban folks in Detroit that wait wait till they're <laughs> in their 40s to have kids, you know? So, yeah. what else is there? There's so, so much what? more to do down here, I guess. I don't know I if guess. You, I don't know if you heard any of that, Jeff, while I, we were talking off the air. But I was talking about um, do you, you you know the band Wilco, right? Familiar. Yeah. Well, anyway, I used to when I was down in Champaign, one of the guys um, was in a band called Rebel Ducks before he was in Wilco, and they were like a Clash cover band who played at parties. So that's what <laughs> that's what I was that's what I was entertaining the people with while you were gone tucking your kid in bed. So. Neil name dropping that he's buddies with a guy from Wilco. Well, he's dead now, unfortunately. So, oh, well, yeah. I guess you're not buddies with him anymore. So, then, so thanks for that. Wow, <laughs> he's just bringing everyone down. Like, do you believe this shit? Yeah, thanks, Tom. You're it's, gonna it's be funny. dead before you're a grandfather. <laughs> Fuck you. I didn't say you'd be dead before you'd be a grandfather. I just said you wouldn't have that much grandfather. <laughs> your grandkids are going to visit your so, tombstone, you prick. So my my oldest son got married very young. And is married now, and they're doing well. Don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining. But his wife is baby crazy, and I'll tell you, the thought of being a grandfather, it, it, it. I don't know why it bothers me. I see a lot of my classmates and stuff are like, "Oh, I'm so happy to be a grandfather." I'm just like, "Ah, oh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't. That's, I have a hard time that's getting too into young. That. That's too young. Um, Ugh, I guess. So Je- you're who, right. Who the hell's Belfagor, and why does it look like it's Satan on the toilet? What, what is going on with this single cover? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Belfagor is. Let me hang on. <laughs> That's never a good sign. Never a good sign. No, it's not. Okay, I was writing that song. I was writing about the idea of how I hate getting asked to do telegraph reunion shows. And uh, it is an, I just, not into the idea at all. And so that's what that song was about. And Belfagor, he's a demon. I was, and he, um, he, uh, I'm trying to think how it goes. He's like the demon of trying to trick people into wanting to get rich or something like that. Um, uh, he suggests uh, ways for them to get rich that really will just, you know, fuck them up. And uh, so I just, I just kind of went with it because it was, it sounded like a cool uh, image. And um, the EP originally was a split that was going to be called Time to Move. We had some really sweet album artwork made for it. And then when it came time to do this and we just needed to do something and just get it over with, I'm like, I'm not 
thinking about this too hard, and I just thought that it would be amusing that the Belfagor presents you know four five guys who are not going to make it rich off of any music they create in this band. You know, it sounds like something Belfagor would have suggested for us to do to form this band. You know, wow, so because that's, that's pretty deep, that's my all. friend. That's pretty deep. Or, why, and why is he on say the, so? Why is he on the toilet? I don't know. <laughs> He's presenting a turd. <laughs> I guess. I, I, yeah, I, that I, makes sense to me, Tom. I'm, I'll go with that one. When it came to <laughs> presenting to a do, poop. <laughs> when it came time, someone's. When I was told we need uh, we need cover art right now to send the Vinny. I said I don't want to even. I hate trying to come up with this stuff. I, I overthink it. And I said, what would a punk rock kid, what would I have done 20, 25 years ago when it needed something for a demo tape cover or a seven inch cover, <laughs> I would have went and grabbed an encyclopedia, opened up at Xerox something at Kinko's and just used that. Yes. So I Googled Belfagor and the very first image that came up was that. And I just took it and I just used it. Because that was the, and I just kinkoed it. You know what I mean? I just grabbed it, stole mm. it, printed it off, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> so that's why that's, I guess that's the classic image of Belfagor, him on a toilet taking a shit. Excellent. <laughs> when I saw that, I'm like, this is perfect. I had no idea this is what Belfagor looked like. I just thought it sounded cool. And I put it in the song. Hmm. I've never Excellent. heard, I've never heard Kinko used as a verb before. That was pretty incredible. Hmm. I kinkoed it. Well, Live and learn. That's what, that's what I do. I guess. Say incredible things. Holy shit! So, so <laughs> amazing. You. Uh, yeah. So your other your other passion is comic books. One and of you. Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you have several passions. I collect shit. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Stan- stamps, oh, me too. Coins. Have, what, what are the kind of shit you collect? Because I do too. I collect stuff, but skateboard you, decks. Tell, I collect. I have, the, I have the collector gene or curse, however you want to look at it. And yeah. I, uh, but I used to collect anything. I would collect almost anything. But these days, I collect comic books. I collect vintage toys, uh, old Playboys. Um, that's about it, really. I I got I started selling off all my vinyl. I started getting rid of a lot of stuff. But uh, mm. mostly, I just stick to toys and comics for the most part. So hold on, mm. you sold off you vinyl. Vinyl. You sold off oh. vinyl to collect. Oh boy! Other Prepare stuff? to get yeah. a lecture from a cranky old British guy. <laughs> That's the one thing you I, uh, should be collecting. It's funny too. Is uh, I did a couple of Uberti's. Uh, he does a um, record show. Oh yeah, yeah. At the and which is really, right? it's it's always a fun time. Yeah, and I'm gonna said, drive over you, there. When? It's on a Sunday. It's on Sundays usually, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he I gotta said, drive Why don't you come out. set up and sell some of your toys and comic books? This sort of be something a little pop culture and different here in the middle of all these records. And I said, Well, can I bring my records too? He's like, Yeah, vinyl. I'm like. I literally just have my collection of vinyl. This is my personal collection. I don't listen to it, you know? So I brought it, I put it on the table, and people just kept coming to tell me how awesome my my the vinyl I, I was selling was. And I'm like, because it's literally my personal collection. And uh, they bought it all up, and uh, I miss it. But um, yeah, you will I made miss a it. lot of money. What did you hmm. have? Give us some of your stuff. I don't. Honestly, on, I don't. you know. Come on. No, seriously. He had, the first, he had the first Incubus demo. I know that. <laughs> the first yeah. Incubus record. Signed. I, yeah. I, uh, I uh, had, had this, uh, it was a um, 
it was a split seven inch on one side was Huey Lewis's penis singing on the other side was Daryl Hall's penis singing uh, uh, duets oh, that cla- together. I remember that. Yeah. Clearview Records. The classic Henry penis Rollins' sing- penis, penis put it out. Yes. No, honestly, I don't. Re- I'll be perfectly honest with you. I it was nothing oh, that Lordy, Lordy. I could, if I told you what I had, I wouldn't press anybody. You probably wouldn't even remember who any people were. But it was just just shit I had. A lot of Detroit, like uh, Detroit stuff. A lot of, a lot of Detroit stuff. No, a lot of nineties, nineties hardcore and emo bullshit. And uh, before you know, back before emo turned into the hot topic emo that everyone calls mm. emo now. Back when it was true emo, you know, like My Chemical Romance, Neil, your favorite. Yeah. No, I, I mean like uh, God, what was some of those early bands like Rights of Spring, Falling Forward, and uh, and you know, the stuff out of DC and whatnot. The stuff that. Whenever, when I started when I started hearing the term emo used to describe like bands like My Chemical Romance and all that, I was really confused. I'm yeah. like, to me, emo was always like these somewhere between you know DC hardcore, Louisville hardcore, and like shoegazer stuff, you know. And uh, right. and uh, then I I yeah, see now it's these... become a dirty it's become a dirty word. Yeah, it's weird for good reason. I, and honestly, for good reason. But yeah, everyone to each their own. But uh, anyways, but yeah. It was nothing special. Trust me. It was nothing that I think I had. The coolest thing that I I had that I loved that I wish I didn't sell was like this. It was a it was a Ramones 45 that was sent to DJs for for Sheena and side A was stereo and side B was mono. mono right, mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, I and it was nothing special and I but I always it was a gift some a buddy gave to me years ago and I always loved that. And then someone said, I'll give you ninety dollars for it. I'm like, ooh, ninety dollars. So your friendship <laughs> can, so your so, you, so your friendship can be sold dead. for ninety dollars. Yeah. That that that's yes, what we're learning can. of you. Wow. Now his okay. buddy's dead and he has nothing yep. to remember him by. Yeah. <laughs> he probably signed it too and stuff. It's just so let, hey, okay, let's do another let's do another spy song and then we were we'll uh well we can talk some more spy stuff if you want because I I I do love the band. I'm I'm a big fan and, and we could talk more about that or we can talk a little podcasting, which that, I think is and, interesting. Yeah, because... I, I want to talk about what kind of toys he sells too. That sounds interesting. So Sex toys. Which <laughs> course um of every shape and size that's the other kind of vinyl i said (laughs) i think that's latex buddy so are we gonna do not dead not yet or are we gonna do wipe them out let's do wipe them out wipe them out by uh rebel ducks i mean rebel spies (laughs) i will go
There you go. Wipe them out. That Rebel, Wilco band is really good. Rebel Spies. Yes. That's not the my first thing. time I ever heard them. Not my thing. No, not my Wilco thing either. Me. No. <laughs> not at all. Alt country? I don't even like regular country very much. All right. So, okay, so you, you, so we've been underselling the crossover element of this not crossover like dri but crossover like you are also a podcaster and a pretty active one like you've been doing a long time right uh i guess seven eight years holy shit yes it's a long time when i when i started it it was definitely a, a viable you know form of entertainment and you know, did you hear what he just said? I did. He, he, said insult, he insults us. Not a viable yep. form of entertainment. That's completely how I insulting. <laughs> and I actually agree and, with him, but that's right. <laughs> you know, what well, I guess, what well, well, you took it that way because you're self-conscious. But how I meant it was, it was, it was in its infancy, but it was definitely, it, it was, there's, it was already had made its mark. It was definitely going pretty well, but it was before all of the. Famous people who didn't need an outlet uh, to become yes. more famous started yes. getting involved. Yes. That's when it got irritating. And, uh, but yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it's, it, I, listen, dude, I totally feel your pain. Imagine you're a couple old guys. You want to do an old guy punk podcast, and everybody, all everybody wants to listen to is Henry Rollins's Henry Rollins's penis podcast, where his penis tells stories about Black Flag touring the United States in the mid '80s. You know, it's well, it's called uh, Between the Folds. And exactly. uh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But anyway, so keep going. Now I want to talk more about that. That particular. No. Um. So yeah, it's just it's still fun, and it's a little little frustrating that now when people say, "Hey, can you suggest some some podcast to me?" and I start suggesting to them, you know, some uh, cool stuff that I found, and all they want me to do is try and tell them. Like, well, no, I, I heard that, you know, they start naming off all these famous people. I heard Conan O'Brien's got a podcast. Like, yeah, he, always, he also has a fucking TV show. You don't yeah. need to go listen to him. Why don't you go find it? Because you can find a podcast about just about anything. Well, now you're know, you crocheting. Go type in crocheting in your Apple podcast search. And you'll probably and, find something. And now you're going to suggest punk till I die, correct? There you go. If you want to hear old guys complain about things, punk related, yes, yes. we are your go-to place. Indeed. We found we our niche, and it's old white guys. Maybe not white. <laughs> I, don't have to, I always make it racial. I'm sorry. It's old you guys. racist bastard. <laughs> yes. So what is your podcast called, my friend? Mr. Jeff. Believe it or not, it's, uh, it's got a very unique name. Uh, the Jeff Sanger Show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't go for it. I, you know what? <laughs> I, uh, I've always been my, like one of my, uh, heroes of media is David Letterman and sure. I just adore David Letterman. And I was like, you know what? Even with the if big I stupid beard. What? Even with the, yeah, I'll take the beard. I'll take, he looks like a mental case. Letterman. No, he looks like I a mental really, case. I just adore David Letterman. So I was like, you know what? I just want to show, I want to just. Jeff Sanger show. I'm like, why should I try and get cute with the name? I just said, screw it. And I, uh, cause I, that was good enough for me and it worked and there it is. And it's still going. And, um, I've had a little bit of a time off from it due to some anxiety issues, but, uh, I'm doing it again now. So how many episodes uh, are you in? What do you, yeah, you, how many episodes you got and what's your schedule? I mean, I want, I want to know how other people are doing this. What's your, 
recording schedule? Do you try to do one a week, or what's your what's your schedule? I used to do one a week, and did that pretty regular for quite some time before I kind of hit this weird wall. Hmm. I did. I I'm okay. If you look at what I have up right now on you know all the different <clears throat> podcasts, whatever, it equals out to probably around a hundred episodes only. Hmm. Because uh, prior to I was on a network last, so prior to that I probably had thirty episodes out. Then I started mm. off at number zero again and worked my way up, and and I took like a good year and a half off. But I was doing like one a week. Mm. But I reached a point where because I was I said well, before I start doing the whole talking to people or interviewing people or or maybe even bringing some other people into the podcast and be kind of a crew. I wanted to feel like I could um, – I wanted to feel like I succeeded by myself first. I really wanted to mm. like go it alone and just have this conversation with myself and the listeners kind of thing going on. And I got that role and I felt pretty good about it. But then I hit this other wall, which was I don't know anything about the tech side of things. So bringing in – guests and whatnot was just really hard to pull off you know because everyone i'd say they a lot of people would come to me and say hey can i be on your podcast i'd say sure and they just assumed i was in some studio with mike set up and it'd be this easy thing and i'd say something to them like hey all you gotta do is like like tonight all you gotta do is just download skype and give me a call and they'd be like nah <laughs> do a little extra you know and so and it just never really came to be and eventually i kind of got burnt out and being doing it alone and then um, recently I start, started to back up again because remember one pandemic, you know, nothing else to do. Yeah, exactly. And also I, I've been doing a thing where I just call a friend up and use this app I found that makes it really easy. And we just have conversations about whatever hmm. and uh, getting back into you it mean, again. You but... mean like we're doing right now? Exactly. <laughs> Which app do you use? And do you have to have a Mac or a PC? I use an I use the, right now I've been using the Anchor app on my iPad. Oh, and uh, it's it's okay. it's not now. Can I do some amazing things editing wise with it? No, I have to like I'll record in it because of a lot of the tools it offers, but then I'll export the audio out to like mix it and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Although mm -hmm. Tom, yep. by the way, the one I was recording the other day when you and I had a brief back and forth uh, conversation, message conversation, and we mm -hmm. talked about the, the sonic shit that I was putting out. Mm -hmm. That episode turned out so bad because I didn't edit it. I just put it up. It was, it was just the difference in volume between the music. No, and no, the this one came out terrible because I had the mic mm -hmm. hooked up wrong. So anyways, ah. tech, tech issues hold me back, but uh, it's... See, it's we're, we're the because... we're the opposite. We're the opposite. We will not let tech issues hold us back. This is like, we we like this show the same way we like our punk rock records. Pretty poorly produced. Hey, th excuse me. Oh, sorry. Neil's <laughs> that's a, a fucking insult no, right there. But no, no, holy that's, shit. You know what I mean? Which is real straightforward. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, no, they sound good, Neil. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm just. I, Tom, didn't I tell you the other day that I thought the podcast sounded really solid you did. and good? It, it sounded good. I I said, yeah. don't tell Neil that his freaking head's already big enough. <laughs> No. Considering I just learned this on the go, it ain't it ain't too bad, really. No, no, no. Well, like I said, what what, what do we joke about, Neil? We're just like kids starting a band. We really had no idea what we're doing, and it was much easier at first because nobody was really listening. But it's come to our attention <laughs> that people are listening now, so there's actually yeah. like a little bit of pressure. But I'm like, we're just gonna do our thing, you know. We're just That's gonna. What the alcohol's for? Isn't that scary? It it well it isn't it isn't. <laughs> 
and intimidating, I should say. You know, it, it, it is. Well, it's it's funny because you know you have a, but but we didn't really know how to grow. So our way to grow was to try to get guests and then hope that fans of their bands or whatever, you know, would eventually start following us. Because our first ten episodes, I think. I think Ricky came on our 10th episode was just the two of us sitting around talking about collecting records and going to shows and stuff like that. We actually did a four part series of like A to Z gigs that we went to. Like remember that thing was going around on Facebook. Fucking classic. It was was like A to Z gigs you went to because we've been to hundreds and hundreds of shows. So of course we had A to Z and we just, it was a four part series of like, it must've been six hours, right? That sounds fun. It was, it was fun. It was, it was, Listen, it was great fun. He talked about Rebel Spies for like an hour of that. It was amazing. Exactly. I told the great story about seeing the singer from Rebel Spies' penis. It was like half the show. <laughs> but but it's well, but it's funny. So we're trying to find a balance, honestly, is what we're working on because we do like to rap about the old times. But the fact of the matter is the pandemic, too. All these bands are available to us because nobody can tour. Plus... We can't go to shows. So we used to sit around and talk about what shows we went to and go into the record store and all that stuff now. We're just like, well, I got a package with some records in it in the mail, you know. It <laughs> so. actually is a little rough right now to create content during this because there isn't there isn't nothing there isn't anything no stimulation. To really talk no about. outside yeah. stimulation. Yeah. So it's been a little weird, but I've actually um, I've I find it to be a, a cha- it got me excited for a challenge again because like I said the challenge of doing it by myself and creating content that I thought people would want to listen to, I felt very good that it, I pulled it off. The listeners were there. The numbers were really good. And then I got bored with that. I was like, okay, but how many times, how many times can I turn the mic on and talk about the shit I like, you know, before I'm bored of doing this. And, well, so, and I, I think that's where the bonus of having different people on, you yeah. know, we had, we had a guy on earlier who, you know, was close friends with Joey Ramone. It was amazing, right? And and now we're talking to you, have a totally different perspective, but also have some good stories. And you, <laughs> well, know, you want to talk about his Henry Rollins penis? It's very strange. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, there you go. You we want forgot to Johnny ask Ramone him if he ever story? met me. We forgot. Yes, to we ask do. Him Johnny Ramone story. Let's hear it. I have okay. I got stories galore, guys. Here it goes. Johnny Ramone story. Here it goes. Um, I'm <laughs> in. I'm in L.A. Uh, suicide Machines recording Destruction by Definition. Mm. And so I was out there. Derek, Derek sent me a ticket. He's like, "Why don't you come hang out?" I'm like, "Yeah." Just hanging out so with all the recording. Oh, sweet. And um, I did. Uh, I did uh, some of the artwork on the inside of that thing. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Now you I know? saw that you. you if you go on this guy, I'm salty. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we get back to the Johnny Ramone story? The Johnny Ramone story. Thank you. So they say, "Hey, call me Jeff, sir." Neil, I was going to say Jeff actually has credits on. If if you go on Discogs. He has credits as a singer. He has credits for different things, but there's also some art credits in there. I thought that was interesting. I didn't. I didn't know that. Knowing he's a big, comic I didn't know that either. Man. Nerd. Um, yeah. Well, but, uh, listen, Discogs is my Disney Plus. <laughs> I go Discogs, on there. it is pretty cool. It really um, is cool. When I, when you're I like Disney vinyl, Plus too, but I only watch. When, when, you, when you're selling off all that beautiful vinyl, it really comes in handy. But oh, um, yes. so I'm in LA, and I'm bored. And the guys say, "Well, why don't you go take in a show? We got to do some stuff tonight, whatever." I'm like, "Okay, cool." And I'm like, who should I go see? And everyone's like, you got to go see this band, um, H2O. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. You got to go see H2O. You're going to love H2O. They're so good. They're hard. They're a great hardcore band. You're going to love H2O. I'm like, sweet. I'll go see H2O. I get to the club, take a taxi there, get there, go inside. And the first band on is uh, Good Riddance. Mm. And mind you, this is like 1994. I have dissed, I have, I have dissed them many times. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> 
I thought they were good. <laughs> I enjoyed the shit out of. Them. I never they heard probably of them were before. Back in those days. They, it was they were like they were opening up like one out of three or four bands that night, so they were fresh on the scene. I thought they were awesome. Like this band's really good. I dig these guys. Second band on is Youth Brigade. Yeah. Mm. Youth Brigade's going off. I'm like these guys. Oh, this is a great show. And and mind you, the pits in California are at least back then were some of the most violent things I had ever, ever seen. I was totally like kind of freaked out, a little disgusted and amazed by the whole thing. <laughs> and but anyways, sort of turned on freaked out, disgusted little, and a little turned on. My, my Henry Rollins was at, you know, full mast. I'm like, what is going on? But anyways, from now on, we will refer to it as little Henry. There you go. So youth brigades on, they finish. I, there might've been another band. I don't think so. I think H2O was next. So I'm standing there in the crowd. It's the 90s, so I have a backpack over my shoulder, right? Got my backpack over my shoulder. I kind of sat down at my feet. He's lying. It was a fanny pack. You know, that was uh, 89, buddy. And uh, <laughs> so I got, I put my backpack down at my feet, kind of take my jacket off, holding it in my hand, get ready. Some guy walks up, stands next to me. You know, there's foreshadowing to the story. Stand next to me. I don't really pay attention. Just kind of move over for him. H2O starts. God, they fucking suck. <laughs> uh, so, I don't mind. I don't mind H two O. During their sellout era, where they had the major label deal, I think they're in the uh, they suck era, which was start, beginning, middle, and wow. the whole nine years. Oh, you oh, heard it here first. Anyway, okay, <laughs> anyways, I do not care for H two O. I'm sure they're lovely guys. So I'm watching them. I I get one song in. I'm like, maybe that was just you know, maybe that just wasn't going to work for me. Second song, nope. These guys blow third song i'm like i've had enough i gotta leave i want to just get the fuck out of here i turn and i bump the guy next to me and i say oh sorry as i'm picking up my backpack and i look and i realize i had been standing next to johnny ramon for the whole three songs and had no clue that him and i looked like we were hanging out watching shitty h2o play but i already <laughs> made it obvious that i jackets getting put back on backpacks getting slung i'm leaving and i kind of walk out into the lobby area of this club and i'm like Fuck, I got to go back in there. And that was Johnny Ramone. You don't just walk away from Johnny Ramone. Just because, and so I'm like, all right, go back in. Because I've run into a lot of um, people over the years that I, that I uh, enjoyed what they brought. You know, famous people, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I always would never want to bother them. I would usually just shake their hand, say thank you, you know, and then leave them alone. I'm yeah. like, I got to go back and just shake his hand. And as I turned to go, I, you, okay, by the way, I just got outside and I waved for a cab and I realized, you know what, you go back in, right? So I'm going back in. As I'm going back in, out comes Johnny Ramone with a disgusted look on his face because obviously he, like I, didn't care for H2O either. And he goes right past me and he uh, takes the cab. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Oh, that's my well, Johnny. So he can, oh, okay. neither, he can neither confirm nor deny that Johnny was a dick. Uh, that's kind of disappointing. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's. I play thought it was going Rebel somewhere Spy. else. Hmm. Let's play another Rebel Spy song. You guys pick. I'm going to take a leak, and then oh, you for guys converse among yourselves, and I'll be right back. It's the man with we the smallest bladder un- in the whole your, world. Unlike yourself, Jeff, we do not edit. Everything's straight, straight to tape, man. Straight to tape. So I'll be oh, back in a minute. Play a song. All right. Uh, we are going to play. Uh, not dead, not yet. Correct. Which what what is this off of? Uh, that so, is the uh, off our that full length album that we discussed earlier, and this song is about uh, my buddy Uberti, as a matter of fact. So that he's not dead, not yet. 
And this is the yeah, album. Yeah. This is the album that doesn't have your name or the album name on the front cover. So well done on that one. Yeah, it's it was good. the one with all the the wise commercial yep. marketing choices. Yep. All right, not dead, not yet. There it was. Not wow. dead. Not yet. <laughs> By uh, Rebel Ducks. Rebel Spies. There you go. Where were you hoping that Johnny Ramone story? Did you, were you hoping I had something evil to say about Mr. Ramone? Either either bad or really good. Because everyone always disses him just because he was the conservative one or whatever, which really gets on my tits that people judge people like that these days. Yeah. I, just, I just think it's ridiculous. Everyone's allowed to be what they are. Um, but I... I was hoping that you would at least talk to him. How's that? <laughs> I wanted to, and I and I, I lost the opportunity trying to not embarrass myself or something, yeah. not to be that guy. But you know, it, it's funny that you bring that up. The whole um, conservative, and yeah. It, it, honestly, it's funny. We were discussing this one day at practice. There is a lot 
of the old school, like really old school punks that really are more on the conservative side of things yeah. uh, when, when their politics do come up. And it is unfortunate that that uh, that has become such a um, such a divisive thing. It really is. It really shouldn't be. Well, two what, episodes it, ago, two episodes ago, we are you talking we interview- politics, dude? Yeah, well, two two episodes ago, we interviewed Joe Queer, so yeah. you can imagine exactly how that went. But you are exactly <laughs> correct. But it's like it's it's fine. People allowed when, when do, people are allowed not, to think what we, they want to yeah, think. When were we not allowed to be friends with people who don't think exactly the same way we do? Yeah, it's gotten so out of hand. As a matter of fact, one of the songs did, did we choose to play? Uh, Wipe them out. We did that song. That song, uh, which you know, maybe I. Not that we're getting ready to go into that song, but when it gets around to being played, what, what song did we? What song did we just play? Well, we played "Not Dead, Not Yet." Okay. Yeah. It was about. It was about. It was about your. I was saving that one for last, but I guess when you go take a leak, it was about you your bladder. Editorial input. Well, that was the you, last song. Yeah, you, that was the fifth song, buddy. All, all rights and and, and then we well, and it, then it, Neil suggested we smarten up the podcast and talk politics, but you're back now. So. <laughs> well, it's funny because because when I was as I was leaving, I heard you say, "I don't edit," and I didn't mean like you edit out content. I just mean you actually put some. You know, you actually like do edits and you have music. You have like a theme song and stuff. We just let it roll. You know, we just. Just let it roll. Leave I the love, warts, you know, warts and all. We'll go back to the wipe them out thing in a minute. That I want to go back to the podcast thing. Okay. Part of the reason why I I was really excited about doing a podcast and I was doing it, but then one of the things that always keeps me going is the music that got created for my show is so awesome. I'm so blessed with with the the songs that were created for the show that it keeps me going just because <laughs> you don't want to it's like the waste. music is so much better than the actual show. Just tune in for the theme song. <laughs> um, the theme song was uh, you should press it on the seven inch. And honestly, I want to put quiet. all the music that was made for the show should be on a seven inch. I initially all the songs were uh, written and put together by Derek Grant, who um, he's oh, a drummer from, uh, in the Alkaline Trio. Trio. And was a drummer for Suicide Machines back in the day. Suicide Machines as well. And uh, I hit Derek up and I said, would you want to do some music for my podcast? And he's like, yeah, it'd be great. And I told him what I wanted for the theme song. And I said, I really want the theme song to sound like it should be a Saturday morning TV show for kids. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and he crushed it with, it sounds like it should be like a Saved by the Bell theme song or something like that and uh yeah he crushed it i have always loved that and then lately i have some new music i haven't used yet are you familiar with a band called the devious ones from detroit oh yeah i love the devious ones uh a model from the devious ones has done some new music for me for the podcast that i haven't gotten around to using yet that's uh it's really fun as well so i've been blessed yeah, maybe you can do make some music note, for make us. Make a note. I want to play. I want to play Devious Ones on future shows. I think I was gonna play one of their songs the other day, but it got bumped because of a long distance death dedication. So oh, that's right. It was. Me. It was Casey Casey. Remind me. That's Devious indeed. Ones. Their yeah. their LP yes. is great, and I've actually been. Those are some of the singles I've been hunting down. I think they have four or five of them. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, they're they're fantastic. They're uh, the most recent single I picked up from them. With uh, I can't remember what's on it right now. Um, names per se, but either way, is that the uh, uh, something about straggle yes yes the the straggle is real yeah the straggle is real that's right you i think you would actually really dig them neil they have like a definitely like a power pop but it's real it's punky by today's standards definitely 
Good stuff. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Uh, Amato um, used to play in a band called Catfish. Yep. Who I was played the first over here drummer a in the times. Catfish. Were you really? I was did you play? Did you? That might be the that might be the worst we, band never, name of all time. Oh come on! Terrible. I never. I, we, I never made it past the first few practices. <laughs> okay. Um, um, uh, Abbott starts singing some crazy ass shit that I was just like, you're, and I just couldn't get, get behind it. Abbott was nuts. And I was like, you know what? You're actually ripping on your girlfriend in that song. And I don't know. I was just not they, feeling it. They they used to do a song. So I remember specifically one show seeing them play at a place here in Gravis called the basement or I can't remember for sure what the venue was. One of those underground venue type of deals. And they used to have the song that was called something like cream pie drive by or something like that. And they would pull out all these like whipped cream pies or like sh- like shaving cream pies and just throw them in the audience. So that's performance art, right? Yeah, uh, was good. It was good. Abbott, mm. uh, the singer from the Catfish, is my barber. Is that right? He, he cuts my hair. You know. Not now. He doesn't go to prison. Yeah. Well, not now. Not not currently. Get, you know. Get, get shot in the street. Because our huh. fascist governor. It's oh, it's just funny, dude. <laughs> when did punk become compliant? <laughs> it's like. Be punk, be compliant. I don't know. I've, I've, anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm torn about. You know, the the fact of the matter is, over on this side of the state, it's just so much different than your side of the state. You're, it's much more real for you in the Detroit area than it is for us over here because we just we just haven't had so much of it. So anyway, the governor's damned if she do, damned if she does, damned if she don't. So it's yeah, a tough situation. I I love the fact that so many people feel that they know how to handle a worldwide pandemic better than the next person. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, it's uh, crazy. How how does anyone handle a pandemic, you asshole? It's like you figure this is this is. Here's, here's what we do, dude. We be good Americans. We go out and die. That's my. That's what I'm ready to do. I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm ready to roll the dice. Let's just go die. I went right. off on a guy the other day, and I think I even brought up on the podcast. I went off on this guy who told me about his constitutional rights. And I said to him, you do realize that the Constitution was written in around 1784. It was drafted just a few years after the Revolutionary War ended. Our war for independence. Sorry, Neil. And uh, I said, you know, these, these Americans fought barely clothed in brutal weather conditions with barely enough supplies to, to, to keep them going. They fought... And they did this all during a smallpox epidemic. Now, this is the kind of American the founding fathers had in mind when they drafted a constitution. You think any of them is going to get behind you right now because you don't want to wear a mask when you go to the fucking store to buy your white claw, you asshole. They're not going to be supporting you on that one. Well, listen, I am a little concerned about how quickly we have capitulated to this thing and you know and neil and i have talked about this before because it's clear that some states are lying one direction some states are lying other directions as far as the death count and all that i i don't know we'll see we'll see when the dust clears i uh i don't know at the end of the day it's just a mask it's the least we can all do to to potentially you know whatever my wife worked on the coronavirus floor at the uh hospital one of the the second Mm. biggest hospitals here in michigan for three weeks and trust me it was uh, very real for her, and yeah. uh, she's well, and my, uh, one. My concern, one of my concerns. Ah, forget. It, I don't want to get into this. I swear. I say one of my concerns <laughs> has been the one size fits all solution to Michigan. But anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm curious. You know, we always thought at our age now, 
you know, none of us saw Kennedy get assassinated. We, we, I think we all thought, all of us Americans at least, that 9-11 was going to be the defining event of our generation, right? But it's only been 20 years, and now we, I mean, is this going to be the defining event of our generation? I, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't. Listen, I, I, it got you out of podcast retirement, so obviously there's a silver lining. On there, this thing. that's the defining. And it's also got us like a level of bands that are so high, high above us that we never thought we would have access to, and they just you know. And come then you the, got me. Exactly. Well, you know, here's the thing: we're trying to find a nice balance of of bands that I think are deserving of getting some more attention, <laughs> and then there's you, and bands that'll get us more <laughs> and then, attention. And, and, and then there's there's me groveling for attention. <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm glad to have you because you're like I said, you're a podcaster, and I, I like your band a lot. I think people should listen to your band. I think like your band is going to be right in the wheelhouse for like our listeners because you're you're playing that style of music. Hey, what did I say this morning, Tom? Um, how did I describe it when I listened to it on my room oh, this morning? Oh, between Misfits and Dag Nasty. I'm like, I don't yep. think they'd be insulted by that. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, that's if you would have if you would have tossed a little bit of seven seconds in there, then you would have nailed exactly what you barely wanted to do when he came yep. to me and said, "There's here's the songs," and uh, I was. And when we started doing this, we didn't want to feel like we had to be embarrassed of those comparisons. Um, it seems like so many times either either bands wear it on their sleeve to the point where they come across like a, a bad cover band that never learned the, learned the covers or they're afraid to be honest about what they're doing. And so they act like it's ironic. Ah, and yes. And I don't. I'm not concerned with any of that. I you know that when people say shit like, um, "This is my guilty pleasure," I hate that. There's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. You either like it or you don't. Don't tell me it's your guilty. What about pleasure. Huey Just, Lewis? Can't that be a guilty pleasure? No, love him. The guy's talented as shit. And who cares if it doesn't fit into any? You know, if you were to go to my Spotify playlist, you would find this ridiculous amount of German pop composers from the '60s in my daily like playlist like, suggestions. Like who? Like who? Oh, my favorite's Burt Camford. Okay. I will. I love Burt Camford. Um, hmm. uh, uh, Is that better or worse than Incubus, Neil? It's uh, it's better, but then again, okay. most things are. <laughs> I don't say I don't know them at all. I, I'm so I'm okay. Over my head. My I'm in over my head at this point. But, so that, uh, my my whole point is is uh, so when we set out to do these songs we weren't afraid we weren't afraid to be compared to anything like that because to us that's those these bands deserve to be recognized because of the how important they've been and it's a it's a really exciting time for punk rock too really it's unprecedented time for punk rock because i mean this is the first especially for that era of punk the very late 80s through the early 90s when it really became more when it stopped being as underground and counterculture and became more mainstream mm. <coughs> excuse me sorry that's a very um, dry cough you got there son it's pretty rough COVID. yeah <laughs> um this is the first time that punk rock has ever been old and yeah. we i just had this conversation with uh on my podcast i haven't put it out yet but uh you know who jeff dean is in, been in a million bands out of chicago Anyways, oh from from Naked, Naked Radio? No. Jeff Dean. Jeff Dean. Isn't there a He's Dean in Naked Radio? Anyway, sorry, go ahead. But um, we were discussing how, like I said, it's unprecedented time. This is the first time punk rock's been old. 
And it's always been this style of music that has been attached to like youth and to uh, you know just that youthful energy and that youthful angst. And it's like, okay, can you still deliver that kind of energy at 50, you know, 45, 50. And that's what we're, and then uh, that's what we were doing. We're like, well, let's see if we can. And then we played a show with DOA and there's Joey shithead on stage. And he was like, was 61 like 60, at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, look at him. He's yeah, he's doing- still got it. Gray to white hair and fucking Charlie Harper's seventy. I don't want to hear about you, Johnny. Come lately's. I think he's seventy-five. Yeah, <laughs> and TV Smith is in his. What are you talking about? These fifty. Get out of here with that. God damn. Yeah, it. but no. Do you, <laughs> Joe is great. Joe still has a passion for what he does too. And that's and it's, it's funny. It's like okay, so this style of music that has been Hollywood branded as youthful. This and you know, it's almost like only a kid can get out there and play this music. And it's like you know what. It's it's almost feels like a lot of the uh, the elder statesmen are kind of bringing it still and in a way that's almost more sincere and believable than some of the kids I've seen lately. Maybe that's just a jaded old prick in me, what, but what oh, the no. kids are I can, what I can the guarantee kids are that doing, what the kids are doing is not the same. I mean, here's the thing with punk rock: it doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to our generation. It didn't belong to the generation before us. But what the kids are doing is not the same. The 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 ethos are different. There's and I'm not necessarily against what all of what they do, but it, it's just not the same. Well, and it can't. It there's can't no. There's no. Be the same. There's no. It doesn't have the sort of the counterculture elements or the sort of. I don't, I don't know. I'm a little. I'm a little. Cons, I'm a little concerned about the future of the genre, but it. But like I said, it doesn't belong to me. It, it does. I belong. don't. I what can't. Do you, what do you mean by that? What do, What do you mean by that? It belongs to us more than it belongs to anybody else. Well, our generation belongs to our generation's music belongs to us, Neil. But the fact of the matter is, what the kids are doing is no less relevant than what they're doing. It's just different. We oh, can't sure relate it to it. I don't believe in what they're saying. It's far less relevant, and that's why. That's why. But it's, it's less but relevant. It's less relevant to us. But I mean, what are we? We, you know, what we are, dude. We're dinosaurs waiting around for the comet. Nope, not buying it. Nope. Fine. I'm not with Fine. you on this don't one buy at all. It doesn't make it less true. Listen, it, just because you say it. Fight. The fact of the matter it. is, we like you know. I'm we're drawn towards the older bands, you know. I mean, you like a few newer bands, but the fact of the matter is, you still listen to you know. Yeah, you're more likely to listen to Nevermind the Bullocks than you are a new, you know, a bunch of kids. Newfound Glory, we want to say yes. But I can't blame. <laughs> I was not going to say Glory. No, no. <laughs> I can't blame the kids though, simply because for a lot of them, they're not going to experience the roadblocks that were in place for a lot of the. Those of us who are, you know, yeah, in our between 45 and 65, you know, there was a lot of things that were in the way, whether it would have been just the, um, <coughs> Jesus Christ, the, uh, <laughs> just the restraints of, I mean, how hard it was to record back then, how yeah. hard it was to get your music out there, how hard it was to do anything. And you just so desperately wanted, you, you just wrote this sweet song you, I'm trying to stop swearing so much. I'm about to say sweet stuff and something. No, it's it's fine on this podcast, my friend. I know. Yeah. I, I'm part of me feels like a your little you know, girls in their next fucking... room just shivering. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not. Nah, I won't even go down that. There's a funny story, but anyways, I always have a funny story. But no, I feel like the kids these days aren't. They don't feel. They don't find that wall in front of them that keeps them from. Ex- their music exploding out of them and for some of us back in the day it was just like you write this fucking sweet song you feel so good about it but you can't get anyone to hear it unless you make them come to your practice but, and but sit there and be bummed more, out but that made it more real didn't it 
That's what I mean. Because only fewer, I said, you can't blame the kids through. these days because these days it's it's yeah. it's not easier, but it's too easy. Does that make sense? The kids have nicer instruments than we did when we were in our twenties now, and they're but like every, high it's, school it's, and yeah, the recording technology and everything. Yeah, I know you're right. So it's like it's too easy to look good. So there's not the weeding out process that had that went on when we were younger, more or less. The natural sort of weeding out process, because if yeah, you weren't was, really determined all, to do it, you weren't going to do it. Yeah, that's just it. It's like you couldn't, you couldn't feel like there. You would almost, and you would find out pretty quick if you need to, to hone your craft. If you yeah. thought you had something good and you went out there, you found out pretty fast you were no good, and you had to turn around and go back because there was no way to polish that turd. And these yeah. days, these turds are are finely polished, and maybe to the point where there are some very talented people out there, who are never getting that extra push to get better because they just don't get it. And that's why I don't necessarily blame them. I just feel like they're the things they're encountering are just different. But who knows? Maybe shit like you know, maybe stuff like this pandemic will bring out something. I don't know. I doubt it's only been two months, and you can't get through two months of this stuff then. Hey, you got another thing coming, but I don't know. Hey, don't even run a Netflix but, show. But it is it is exciting to see what is being created these days by people who 20 years ago, pro- they probably would have said, there's no way in hell some 45, 50-year-old could write my songs. And then they're like, there ain't no way some 25-year-old can write my song now. You know, so it's like. It's just, it's very interesting. No, that's to- you're, you're totally right, though. I remember being really young playing music. You're like, there should be like mandatory retirement for people playing music at 30. And then it was like, maybe 40. And it just keeps, <laughs> keeps getting pushed out, you know. Because when, you're right, there's a lot of good old people playing. But it's, you know, it's... The Stiff, little, just... the stiff little Finger show was the best best show I saw last year, without a shadow yeah. of a doubt. Yeah, so, he's probably 60. Yeah. Actually, you want a band, a younger band. I'm, I don't know what their age are, but they are definitely, they haven't been, they've only been around for, as far, they've only been in the spotlight, so to speak, for the last few years. That the I addicts. really dig is Dark Thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're the good. Dark Thoughts? They're really good, yeah. You know, I I've like them a lot. Things, but I've never yeah, listened they're to them. good. Dark Thoughts to me, and once again, it's one of those bands that pulled off something that a lot of other bands couldn't pull off properly. Like, to me, they they sound like the Ramones. They have this very uh, Ramones esque mm. approach. At least the first album really did. The second record's a little less, but anyways, my my was getting at is there's so many bands that said, "Oh, let's go do the Ramones thing," and then they just went and did the Ramones thing. If that makes sense to you, yes. like um, like yeah, people like your Screeching week. Weasels and your you know everything else Ben Weasel did, uh, the Queers. A lot of bands that just kind of like tried to just emulate that. But it almost felt like Dark Thoughts were able to do it in a sincere way, if that makes sense. But anyways, hmm. uh, that's that's a younger band that I absolutely adore. So listeners, see, but it's funny we say it was funny we say younger. Those guys are probably in the thirties. Yeah. So <laughs> I, t- I take I take that. It's younger than me, but most people are. But I think what we were talking about wasn't it was like teenagers and stuff, and well, kids, I, kids just getting into bands. That's why I qualified my statement by su- suggesting like I don't know what these guys' age is, is, but I know Dark Thoughts has really only kind of been like known the, outside of maybe their town well, for the last few years. Like, well, Neil and I are like, oh, we like some newer bands. You're only like teenage bottle rocket. This guy's like forty. <laughs> Oh, it's like a fake names, the uh, the the yeah, super group on Epitaph, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm like, oh man, uh, 
uh, the singer, um, uh, Jesus, Dennis from uh, uh, Refused. I'm like, oh, man, that kid must be stoked to be in a band with, you know, Brian Baker and Michael Hand. And then I realize he's 47. Hey, hold on a second. Hey, let me, you mentioned them. I've wanted to bring this up on the podcast for a while. So, no, Refused. The shape, the punk, the shape of punk to come, or whatever the fuck yeah. that thing was called. When everyone raved about it, does anybody else like that? I thought that was complete yeah, shite. I mean, I didn't, okay, didn't I, get it. I enjoyed it. Um, it definitely, it it really resonated in the Detroit scene. It was, uh, it really, <sighs> it seemed like a lot of bands were trying to do something like that in the Detroit area at the time. So when the refuse hit, everyone was like, "Holy crap! These guys are doing what we're all trying to do." So it really is a big record in the in this town. Mm. Um, huh. I dig it. I, I like it. Um, I don't. It's not, I don't. I don't know if I. Uh, I don't know if I sit there and give it the um, the accolades that everyone else seems to apply to it. But as a record, I enjoy it. Kids who are ten years younger than me, kids, kids who are ten years younger than me, you know, 38, 36, they. Uh, that seems to be really like their wheelhouse. Like, I, like we were a little too old when it came and out. That's I think. why I can't respect them. There you I go. guess. There you go. All right, where are we where are we at here? <laughs> we've gone shite. very. We have gone very long. Way too long. No, we're not that long yet. No, but I see it. But we haven't even got onto some stuff. So, what is your podcast even about? We didn't even get onto that really. Uh-uh. What, what What are you talking Honestly, about? Honestly, it's it. I just set out to make a podcast for people who like the same shit I do. That's the tagline. Which is and Henry Holland's mo- penis? Yeah, it's. I just basically said, oh, you know what? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna try and make a show that I would enjoy listening to. All right. And then I can probably be excited about it. And I thought I went past eight listeners, and it actually uh, no, it, it turned into something. People seem to just. Uh, I don't know. They just tuned in, but it's so, not. It's 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 just conversational. It's really. It's like this. But it's conversational, but there's music. I mean, you talk about music. You talk about yeah. comics. I mean, there's a few things that you gravitate towards, right? I just, yeah, like I said, it literally is, I'm going to talk about the shit I like. And yeah. if that means I'm going to talk about some movie that came out 10 years ago and review it instead of reviewing the movie that you should be going to see in a the theater, you know, it's just yeah. whatever is in the moment What's at the that theater? time. Yeah. Yuck. But, um. Yeah, it's it's so it really is. It's just a it's just a, a personality piece, so to speak. Um, if you want to, that sounds uh, uh, egotistical um, or narcissistic, maybe. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. But these days, more often than not, I'm trying to. Uh, I've been inviting people on. I had a buddy of mine who's a stand-up comedian come on and shoot the breeze. Another friend of mine who is a, a comic book artist. And I had him come on and we talked for a good hour or so. And then, like I said, just recently, um, this guy, Jeff Dean, who um, is an amazing guitar player and has been in a lot of bands with a lot of different people. And he's quite accomplished in that regard. And uh, he came on and we talked for a good hour and a half as well. Hmm. And um, I'm so we're, not the only, we're not the only ones just going on and on and on. That's yeah. good to know. But I think that some of the best podcasts I've heard have been these ones where you feel like you're in a conversation and maybe you're not interjecting, but you're enjoying being in that conversation. Like maybe you're just sitting on the couch in the room and listening some, to people talk late at night. That's the feel I think that goes over really well. That was that here. was what that was what Neil always used to say, right? <laughs> just like over listening to two guys at the bar talking mm-hmm. about punk yeah. rock at the bar. Yeah. And I th- like I said, when you talked about you guys did the A to Z thing, 
that to me sounds like a fun show to listen to. And that's what I think podcasts should be, unconventional entertainment. If I wanted to have the, the stuff that is very rigid and structured and designed to make sure that there are that the commercials will be, uh, you know, inter- the, the we call it the um, sponsors will be there and all that stuff. Then I'll turn the TV on for that type of uh, uh, sure. entertainment. And I've turned the TV off. And I, like I said, I enjoy podcasts that kind of that kind of go. If someone can converse and have a great conversation with someone, I think that's awesome. Those are those are the best ones to listen to, in, in my opinion. Those and I, I like history podcasts. Well. Hmm. Hmm. Music podcast, not not so much. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny. Yeah, we would. I think our first one we played one song each. Mm-hmm. But when we have a guest on, we try to get. We, listen, we, we we have a guest on. We definitely try to have people. When the, by the show's done, they will decide whether or not they like their music or not. Hopefully, yeah, you know, definitely because we because we play enough. But but no, it's it's interesting. And uh, like I said, we have definitely gone in this with a punk rock mentality, and we really don't know what we're doing. So. Once we once we say our goodbyes, then we'll really get into it with you. What we got to do? Yeah. So, so we're gonna wind up. Play one more song and then come back and say our adioses. I don't just ha- wipe them out. Uh, we've already played. <laughs> You've asked that twice. We've already played that, buddy. <laughs> we did. We can play it again if you want. No, no. I'm you sorry. went to the bathroom during that one. Yeah. No. Um, I tell you oh, what. That was me. What is? Do you want to play something? I mean, something we haven't played yet, or do you want to play one of your influences? Maybe a song that really. Gets you excited are we out of songs? these days? Are we, out of, we are. are we out we've of done all five. Yeah, we've done five. Oh, we have. Okay. We have. We did. No shit. Oh, we did. And we did a telegraph song. That's right. Yes, we did. So it's up to you. We can we can play another one of yours, or we can play a big influence, something by don't, Incubus, don't perhaps. Wilco. Don't pick Wilco. <laughs> don't pick uh, Incubus. I like Let's Rebel Ducks. Um... <laughs> yeah, the, their version of White Riot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I honestly, I. That is such a loaded question. I wouldn't even know where to go as far as picking a, a, an influence song. Sure but honestly, come on. If you uh, top your head, if you were going to get off this podcast and listen to one song, what would it be? I'm All right then. Wow. That's seriously. That is a hard. It's a hard question to ask because there's so uh, some Huey Lewis maybe. No, um, <laughs> I want to. You know what? You know, actually, you know what's good, and you should go pull off of YouTube. I'm gonna play some did by you guys, did, did you guys see that? Um, <laughs> that that ridiculous viral video where the little girl plays guitar and sings about what's in your butthole. Have you guys seen that? No. <laughs> nope. And I am okay. not going to it's, play that. It, it's no, no, no. <laughs> it's not good. It was, I was, I saw the, the, the thumbnail, this little girl holding a guitar. It says, little girl plays song to get from, to keep from going to bed called What is in Your Butthole. I'm like, oh, this could be cute. I thought she was going to like blow my mind and play this guitar and sing this song she wrote. No, she just bangs on the thing and says, what's in your butthole? What's in your butthole? And it was, I was let down by this little girl, right? I won't say anymore. I don't want to get mean to the little girl, but some guy took her song and lyrics and did it in the style of Elvis Costello. <laughs> and it is so good. <laughs> so random. I know. That's what you get. This is what my, uh, you, well, you got me talking like about my podcast. Now you know what it's like to be on my podcast. <laughs> Wowzer. Anyways. I'm, I'm, getting your dry, I'm getting your dry cough. <laughs> You're yeah. giving him the COVID, you bastard. Yeah, I gave I'm him on, the I bet, COVID. That's why I'm trying to wrap this thing up, man. I've been out of gin and tonic for like a half hour now. I gave you the will COVID. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, very good. I like that. 
Uh, you know what? If if uh, you can track down a Dark Thoughts song and maybe throw that on there, so that we there can play go. something really awesome from from a newer band of thirty somethings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those one of those young bands like Devo, someone like that. Yeah, so they wouldn't call it new wave if it wasn't new, Neil. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I'll surprise you. I'll play something at the end. Um, all right. So, should we well, say all hey, goodbyes, everybody? Yeah. Thank. Thanks for coming to visit with us, man. It was a lot of fun. I. Uh, so it, we we didn't talk a ton about it, but the, you do have a new EP that's going to be out by the time you hear this. Yeah, it's, it's got it's got it's got the devil taking a crap on the cover. Exactly. We talked five, about five it. new five new songs. Can't, yeah, I can't miss it. You know, he's taking a shit in the cover. Um, yeah, Belfico presents Paper and Plastic. It's streaming on all your favorite streaming platforms, and you can uh, you can uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <clears throat> you can help pay my medical bills by purchasing this thing. Is there going to be vinyl at some point? Ain't cheap. Is there going to be right now? It's a digital only release. Um, mm. But I think if we can, uh, a lot of people have asked, and a lot of people said they've already pre-ordered it. And they still want vinyl. So who's to say what the future brings? But right now, in this world of social distancing, what could be better than a digital release? That you could just well, get I, right I now. Tell you, that's the one advantage of having old people like your band is they all want vinyl. They all want vinyl. And I, except for Jeff, can't, apparently. Can't play. <laughs> except, except, I don't give a shit. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he'll take I, it I'm right just, out and sell it. I obviously you can't play vinyl. a release show. Are you going to play like a virtual release show where you're all in your own houses? You know, we talked about that, and it doesn't look like it's going to pan out. It's hard for Ryan with the drums and all that. Yeah. But uh, either way, the state's opening up. So right before yeah. we get to that next wave, to that, that that second wave of COVID, you know, which better than the third wave of ska. Exactly. Um, I was just going to say, I, I was involved in the second in... wave of ska, but hey, whatever. Hmm. But, uh, no, yeah, uh, so it, blah, blah. It's, it's coming out. It'll be out. Please listen to it. I really am proud of these songs. And um, as, as always, try and figure out which one of the songs are – specifically about star wars because almost half the songs you wouldn't know which ones they are but they are all about star wars which mm. makes the other guys in the band with, with the exception of tony really bummed out oh <laughs> i was gonna tell i was gonna shoot i was gonna so tony's the guitar player neil man see here i go again see i was i was gonna mention that so tony's the, the guitar player who looks like he should be in uh degeneration in the mid 90s oh is that right he's he, he's got and rock he and played, roll hair he plays in a band called Bastardist, who you and I saw. Oh, we, open oh, we did. for the Lillingtons at Reggie's, the one show that you and I have actually been able to go to together. And at the end of the night, I caught up with Tony at his merch table, and I was pretty loaded. So, Tony, if you listen to this to support your bandmate, I apologize. And uh, if you need to promote something going forward, look me up. I'll give you. I'll do what I can do. Oh, I, I remember like them. Yeah, I remember them. They were the ones support band. Cool I thought band. were okay. Yeah. Seeing them made me realize because there's two singers on the Rebel Spy stuff. Jeff number two does the lead vocals, and the there's the second prominent voice is is Tony. He's got a Tony's, real uh, real recognizable voice. It really set. I really feel that one of the big things that sets us I don't want to say apart, but really sets us up uh, on a little on a little shelf nicely for on display is uh, Tony's background vocals are really bring that extra bit of life to every one of the yep. songs and uh, it, we um, we're lucky the group of guys we got together here we've been having a blast together and yeah i'm lucky to have as a vocalist i'm lucky to have this these 
vocals that complement mine so well. Tony just is awesome. So, yeah. Boy, how many times have I had to tell this story, Neil? Uh, I met you, and I might have had too much to drink, so yeah. I apologize. Every single story and, uh, seems to be that, Tom. I don't know what that's about. And then you talk about the penis. It's weird. Yeah, don't even get me into the drinking too much and Henry Rollins' penis story. <laughs> but anyway, that's for another That's for another episode. So anyway, yes. hey, thanks, Jeff. Thanks for coming out and talking to us, and good good luck with the new record. I hope you can play a release party or something, and I can come over and, and see you guys some some point. Or maybe even you come back to Grand Rapids. That would be good, too. You should probably get really wasted and come offend Wedge. I don't think you've offended him yet. Which one's that? That's don't the other guitar don't, you, don't worry about it. You'll, you'll, he'll, he'll unfortunately find you. All right. But listen, I might offend, but I buy merch. It's, it's, it offshoots. That's it true. There, it's, so. it's, it's, you buy merch. out in the end. <laughs> you buy yeah, merch exactly. as, long, as, as long as it's double X, right? That guy threw up on our t shirts, but he bought a $14 record. So he's all right with me. <laughs> So, all right, cool. Hey, thanks right, a lot, man. man. We'll talk, we'll, yep. we'll talk Thank to you. you soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, guys. You guys have a sign-off? You say something when you sign off? Um, Smell you later. Just like Jim Jim Cornette. Actually, Neil kind of has you. a sign-off. He, like, he, he has a Joe Strummer sign-off. I do. I say stay free. So there you go. Actually, yeah. Mick, Mick Jones, actually, but there you go. Ah, Mick yeah. Jones. Stay yes. free. Yeah. Stay well, stay free. Bye-bye, everybody. Peace.